Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. focus on a little Mother's Day sermon, and it's called Dear Mom. Dear Mom. So just join me in welcoming Pastor Ajay to the stage. Dear Mom. Dear Mom. Thank Thank you you for for ministering ministering to to us all. For cultivating our hearts, for helping us flourish and mature. Thank you for your leadership, your mentorship, your fellowship, and your friendship. Thank you for applying your gifts to serve with excellence, even when there is no reward. And when times are not so good, thank you for making Jesus your everything and finding joy in him. Thank you for your willingness to forgive and be forgiven. You are valued for who God created you to be, his precious daughter, filled with the power of his spirit. Today we rise up and call you blessed. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So glad you all joined us today. Welcome. Do you know that the first Mother's Day celebration was actually held in a church? Before it even became an official holiday? They, they started celebrating in the church. Actually, uh, Anna Jarvis, who is generally credited with uh, founding Mother's Day and petitioning the politicians to kind of make it like a legal thing. Uh, and her work is linked to uh, Julia Ward Howe's work also. But originally when they were advocating for Mother's Day, it was actually Mother's Day of Peace. How many of you know this? And they were, they were petitioning the government to make Mother's Day of Peace because they wanted to ask that their husbands and sons would no longer be killed in war. Now, Anna actually had no children, but she really wanted to honor her mother, who during the Civil War actually took care of soldiers on both sides to help nurse them back to health. It's since expanded to celebrate motherhood and maternal influence in society, and we do. We honor all of those who have influence over the lives of others, the young ones, the female influence on the younger ones. We do honor you today. So happy Mother's Day. Now, I do realize that when you are celebrating a day that has to do with relationships and real people, practically it's not always a happy day for people. And and while it may be a happy day for the person here, the person sitting next to you might be having a very hard day. And, And Many people have negative relationship experiences regarding concepts that others are celebrating. And, and what happens is some are thrilled to have children, others are not so thrilled to have children. And, and um, sometimes they're filled with joy and others are filled with sadness and we're all in this together in Christ. And I wanna just kind of point this out here with uh, Romans 12. It says, be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. So we're all in this together. 
And for some, it might be a tough day for you. Thank you for coming and supporting those who are celebrating. For some that are having a great day, let's be compassionate. Let's be empathetic to those that maybe aren't having such a good day like you are. But we're in this together because we're the body of Christ, and that's relationships. We doing okay? Now, the Bible does set the standard for relationships. So like the gold standard or the gold star in relationships is how the Bible talks about the family unit for husbands to love their wives and for wives and how to parent children. And all of us are in various degrees of process with that. How many know this? How many of you have arrived and you're perfect? I mean, how many of you realistically, the day isn't going quite like you thought it should already? Don't raise your hands. I don't need to know. I mean, I love my wife. She is an amazing mother. But so far, I made her coffee today. It's about as far as I got. I tried to order a gift a few weeks ago with the kids, and I got a notification on Friday that it got delayed till like sometime next week. We love her. She even seasoned the steaks this morning that we're going to fry up later. I mean, I'm going to do the hard work and barbecue it, but I mean... Yeah, <laughs> I'll put it on the grill and ask her to get me a drink while I <laughs> flip it over. Right now, I'm not that bad. So none of us meet God's standard. We're all saved by grace. We're all redeemed by his blood, and we're all in the process, just like any other Christ holder. So when I say happy Mother's Day, let's look to the biblical standard of what it should be, not the reality of what you're walking through. And by faith, we're going to believe that God is working things out in our lives. Now today, dear mom, I really want to focus today on the relationship that Jesus had with his mother, Mary. Dear mom, so I'm going to try to go over a few of the interactions that the Bible records that Jesus had with his mother, and I might add a little bit of narrative just to kind of give you some context and have some fun. We have to go back to Genesis 3 to start this. So let's look at the first mother, Eve. In Genesis 3, 3, I'm going to read a little bit here for the Amplified. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And the serpent, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, except for the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God said, You shall not eat from it, nor touch it, otherwise you will die. Now, if I read it, I don't remember God saying you can't touch it. He just said, Don't eat it. So I'm guessing somewhere in the communication, and John Bevere explains this a lot in his one book, but, but he talks about like the difference between revelation knowledge and communicated knowledge, where Adam probably looked at his wife and said, you know what, we can't eat the fruit, actually, and she goes, why? And he says, you know what, just don't even touch it. <laughs> right? But see, she didn't understand the intent that God had communicated to Adam. He didn't do a good job communicating it to his wife. Sometimes men don't communicate as clearly as they think they do. Women always communicate very clearly. It's, it's Mother's Day. We need to... Just non-smile. But 
But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die, for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open. That is, you'll have greater awareness and you'll be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Now, this is, this, we're getting down to the reason here, right? Because when you partake of the tree of the knowledge, of good, suddenly your conscience is awoke and you know the difference between right and wrong. And you'll be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, it was delightful to look at, and the tree desired in order to make one wise and insightful, she took some of its fruit and ate it and gave it to her husband who was with her. He was with her. Adam let her do it. He was right there. And he ate. And the eyes of the two of them were open, and their awareness increased, and they knew they were naked. Suddenly they realized they were naked, so they had to fasten some fig leaves together to cover themselves. Then they heard God in the garden in the cool of the afternoon breeze of the day. So the man and his wife hid and kept themselves hidden from the presence of the Lord God. Isn't it like that when you mess up and you disobey God, all of a sudden you want to hide from him? Some things never change. Okay. Um, The Lord God called Adam and said to him, where are you? He said, I have heard the sound of you walking in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And God said, well, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the fruit of the tree, which I commanded you not to eat? Uh, You know, when God asks a question, he's usually not seeking an answer. (laughs) It's more of a self-revelatory experience. He's trying to reveal something to you like you need to realize. (laughs) Anyway, the man said, the woman who you gave me to be with, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. It was her. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that thou have done? And the woman said, it was the serpent. He deceived me. <laughs> he beguiled and deceived me from the forbidden tree. The Lord said to the serpent. So then God curses the serpent. Okay. But he says something. I will put enmity or open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed offspring and her seed. Now, how many of you are biologists? Did anyone ever take a biology course? Biology 101. Women have eggs, men have seed. But God makes this statement, it's the seed of woman that's going to produce an enemy to Satan or to the serpent. There was a prophecy right here about what was going to happen in the future. And then it says, he shall fatally bruise your head and you shall only bruise his heel. In other words, the seed of woman was going to come forth and crush the head of the serpent. Yeah, that's good news. And then it goes on and it talks about how as a result of this bad decision that Adam and Eve made, um, now suddenly women have increased pain in childbearing and all of the moms said, yay. Your desire and longing will be for your husband, and he will rule with authority over you and be responsible for you. So headship comes in. And then Adam said to the Lord God, because you've listened attentively to the voice of your wife and eaten from the fruit. Um, Anyway, the ground is now under a curse, and you have to sweat, earn your keep, and, and eat. And then in verse 20, this is what I'm trying to get to. The man named his wife Eve, life spring, life giving, because she was the mother of all living. At that point, Adam, who had called his wife woman from man, now became the mother of all living or life giver. And he changed her name to Eve at that point. Now let's fast forward. Through the old covenant, they developed these uh, concepts of the Messiah that was going to come forth. And, and this is, you know, 
even in, in Genesis, there, there's so many biblical concepts that are foundational to everything we believe. Sin, conscious, life and death, deception, shame, the curse, the serpent, you know, the promise of a savior. That's a good one. And uh, I think Adam, when he named his wife Eve, he was looking ahead and he saw that the hope for all of mankind was going to come forth through the life giver, through the seed of his wife. And, and then in Isaiah 7, 14, you see, all right, then the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So then we look at the supernatural conception of Christ. Now, when Margie and Christy were reading from Luke chapter one, you've got Gabriel appears, right? And, and suddenly Mary is there talking with this angel and he's saying, you've received favor of the Lord. You found favor from the most high. But Mary's like having this conversation with the angel, like, look, I can't have a child. I've never been with a man. No seed has been deposited. Do you understand? She's going, how is this going to be? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit is going to speak forth the word of the Lord and it's going to conceive a child within you. And Mary said, may everything you said about me come true. And the angel left her. I think in that moment, the mother of Jesus, the Messiah, Mary, you know, Jesus, the one who was going to save the whole world, she came into agreement by faith with the word of the messenger of the Most High. And in that moment, the life giver came forth. So culturally, um, now we need to look at the role of Jesus and his mother. Now, I have this theory that women today have it easy compared to Mary. Like, how do you raise God? <laughs> he never sins. He's always right. He obeys everything perfectly, even when you don't realize it. He's obeying it to the, he is the one that wrote the law so he can keep it. How do, how do you do that? How do you compete with that? So I still, I, I still posture women today have it pretty easy compared to Mary. Now, let's see how this looks. Jesus was born into Judaism. And, and he would have had at least, what, four half-brothers and some half-sisters as well, presumably. And this, this concept of Mary's perpetual, uh, it's not biblically. It's had one with Jesus. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. Some for the Passover fest. Everyone's in Nazareth. The parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was from there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the amazed Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient and would often van. So all of the extended family. We had a great in Vanessa last night. Such a year, acquiring. And a lot of people that love Jesus were there around with each other. I thought you had her. No, I thought you had her. Okay, how many children are with you and how many do I have to go find? Okay, so, so. Between two and three children, let me tell you. This though, Jesus, do this to us. Okay, I can, I can see this conversation. The guy that's in from, you were there. Remember the conversation with the angel? How do you? How do you? say 
I, I think did you? He's like, what do you mean? Why? Uh, we were down at Disney with us, and, and my youngest, for whatever reason, didn't make part. Did your heart do a backflip? Rounder. Not much incident. That could have went very off. But like, I, I I got him back to the bench. Just leaders now. I'm not the fact that he was talking. To her. Always right. Knew what he. Still think about that, Jesus, Mary, Mom. Don't realize is in that culture of that day, the oldest son would have which in the village of Cana in Galilee. This woman, that's not our problem. My problem. Let's do whatever he tells you. <laughs> There's more to this conversation than the text is recording, I guarantee. <laughs> Standing nearby were six stone water jars, and you know, the, the anyway, 20 to 30 gallons, Jesus said, fill it with water. And when they were filled, of course, he brought out the best wine is what the master, anyway. Now, this miraculous sign at Canaan Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, they went to Capernaum and his mother and brothers and his disciples. Now, in the first century Hebrew culture, it would be really embarrassing for the family hosting the wedding to run out of drinks during the celebration. I mean, how many of you like it when you get invited somewhere to eat and there's actually enough food for everyone to eat? That's a lot of wine. <laughs> Hopefully there was a lot of people. But, but <laughs> what I'm trying to communicate is it would have been really embarrassing for them. So the mother, Mary, must have been friends with this family. Clearly, they were all in relationship. But for Jesus to look at her and say, it's not my problem, that's an interesting response. But remember, if he's the head of the household and she's coming to him saying, I want you to do this, he's going, it's not really my problem. However... His reasoning was, my public ministry isn't supposed to start yet. I'm listening to the Father, and it's not quite time. But nevertheless, because you're asking me this, I will gladly assist. In her response to the servants, do whatever he says, clearly, she didn't feel slighted by that conversation. Clearly. There was no, there was no slight there, okay? And, and anyway, dear mom, <laughs> you know, what has this got to do with me? However, because they're your friends and because I don't want them to be embarrassed, I'll help them, right? Mark 3, 31 to 35. Now this one, people get, oh, whoa. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around and Jesus, around Jesus and someone said, your mother and brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, look at, these are my mothers and brothers. Anyone who does the will, God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Now when you go, whoa, wait a minute. Did he just like throw his mom and brothers and sisters under the bus? Yeah. Now, there's a statement I have. Context is everything. You with me? Context is everything. You have to go back to Mark 3.21, about 10 verses earlier. Jesus had healed the guy with the messed up hand in front of the Pharisees, and they got a little bit upset with him. 
There's a couple other things going on. And when his family, Jesus' family, heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. So the brothers and sisters, the mother, are coming to Jesus going, hey, enough of this. And I, I still haven't quite figured out why Mary, who would have had a conversation with Gabriel, who God supernaturally imparted a child to, who raised this kid who was perfect, Okay, why she went along with this, but I'm thinking that a mother would love her child and what he was doing by ticking off the religious leaders and the Herodian Jews was probably not healthy for his longevity. Because if you were practicing Judaism in that century, the first century, you would realize very quickly that when you tick off the religious leaders and the Herodian Jews, you usually end up with your head removed from its body or on a cross, right? And she probably didn't want that. But they really thought Jesus lost his marbles when he went out and started healing people. Like, they, they did. And they were coming to bring him back into the safety of obscurity. So when he's teaching the crowds and his mother and brother show up to take him back to safety and obscurity, he's like, listen, who's my mother and brothers? I have to do his will first. He was here to do the will of the Father. Now, the other thing that I, I, I think is really interesting is how many know mankind is threefold? We're made up of three parts. We are a spirit. We have our mind, soulish realm, will, emotions, you know. And we live in an earth suit, this body. I want to explain this because people miss this. Your blood relations here on planet Earth are body and soul. It's a flesh-to-flesh -flesh relationship and one day you will go to the grave and return to the dust that you were created from and that relationship will cease. Yeah. That's horrible. But in Christ, we are mind, body, and spirit. And your spirit, which is eternal. So in Christian fellowship in Christ, when we are born again and we are alive before God, it's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit relationship, which is eternal. So when Jesus is talking about the ones who do the will of the Father, he's saying that these relationships are going to go on long before these earth, or long after these earth suits go into the ground, because we'll be forever with him in eternity. Are you talking with me on that? We doing okay? Now, dear mom, I know you think I'm crazy, and I know you want me to go back into obscurity but I have to do the will of the Father. That's why he sent me here. Remember this. Amen. Okay. And then in John 19, 25 to 27, standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and mother's sister, Mary, uh, mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said this to the disciple, here's your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus was hanging on the cross. He fully realized that the scriptures were true and he was going to die for the sins of humanity. His role as head of the household meant that he had to make provision for his mother. And any unmarried or widowed females in his family would be customarily under his charge. At that time, it seems that Mary would have been the only one. So he looked at John, who was his best friend, you know, and he essentially said, Dear Mom, I'm leaving the planet soon. My closest friend John will look after you now. Love your son. 
P.S. Remember that prophecy about your spirit rejoicing in God your Savior? Well, that's my mission. I'm here to save the world, and I'm about to do that. Farewell. And, and the truth is, I, I learned this in the Philippines, they, they have two statements for goodbye. One is, uh, or I, I, I go now, you know, I'm leaving now. But it's kind of like, I'll see you tomorrow. Whereas, pa'alam, and forgive my accent, is like farewell. So when I would go to work and then go home, I would say, but when I left to come back to the United uh, Canada, pa'alam, farewell. I may not see them again in this life. He was saying, farewell. In 1 John chapter 3, the last part of verse 8, it says, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. And in that moment, Jesus most fully realized his mission to destroy the works of Satan and his hold on the hearts and minds of mankind. You know, so anyway, I had a little fun with that today. But Jesus, when he was here, he interacted with his mother perfectly. So we can look to him because he operated with respect and with honor and with care and with love better than all of us do, right? Better than all of us do. But why don't you stand up with me for a moment? I just want to ask a question here in May 2022 as we're celebrating Mother's Day. My question for you is, are you a part of the eternal spiritual family? God sent his son on a mission to earth to save mankind of their sin. And, and that sacrifice paid your sin debt, but you have to access, you have to access salvation by faith. And by faith in his sacrifice, by repentance of sin, then we have relationship with our Father God. And if you're not a part of that family of God, I want to give you that opportunity today and I want to pray with you and I want to, I want to explain to you that Jesus loved you so much he died for you. His mission was to come to earth for you so that you too could have eternal life and forgiveness of sins and you can be free of the shame of the past, of the curse of the law. Poverty, lack, separation from God. He came to bring freedom to your life. So if you're not a member of the family of God, if you're not in relationship with Christ, I want to encourage you today. God loves you so much. His mission was to come to earth to seek you out and to save you. And simply by agreeing by faith with his mission, his sacrifice, by confessing your sins and then obeying what he asks you to do, He'll transform your life. And many people in this room have surrendered their life to Christ. They've gained eternal life and they're walking with the Creator. And you can do that too. So if that's you, and you're getting real nervous right now because what's he going to do? But I want you to come talk to me right immediately after the service. I'll be standing right there. I want you to come talk to me. I want to pray with you. And then... My wife's going to come join me now. And as we come to the table, you know, to celebrate our covenant meal today, 
communion where we remember what Christ did for us. We remember the work that he did at the cross. And I can imagine that that must have been really difficult for Mary to watch her son who she loved be beaten, be crucified, to take the weight of the world, literally all the sin of mankind upon himself. That must have been really tough for her. But it seems that somewhere in there she realized and had a revelation that he was the hope of all humanity. So as we have the bread in our hands today, Father, I thank you for all the mothers, those who love like a mother. Lord, we all have a mother. None of us were hatched. But you love us so much. And Lord, whether relationships are good and there's lots of love, whether they're challenged and strained or non-existent, you know, some mothers have already graduated to the next life and that's a really hard day for some as they remember. But we have memorials to remember the lives of others. We remember right now in this moment the life of your son, Jesus. And really, without him, we are nothing. There's nothing we can do without Jesus that's good, that's pure, that's peaceable. So help us today to love like Jesus loved. Dear Mom, Jesus died for all humanity. We accept and receive his broken body now, including healing in Jesus' name. Can I just take a moment uh, from the bottom of my heart to wish every mother here, every woman, spiritual mother, every woman here, a young lady who has taken the time to pour into another young life, to show love, to show care, to show nurture. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for taking the time to do that. And I wish you a happy Mother's Day as well. And I just want to take this opportunity as well to wish a very happy Mother's Day to a woman who is my spiritual mother, Pastor Beth Fleming. And I want to say thank you. I don't believe I would be standing up here today if it wasn't for your nurture and for your care to talk to me, to speak with me, to share with me as a mom, not just as a pastor, but as a mom, as a woman. Thank you for doing that for me. And something very special, God is so awesome. Pastor Beth and I share the same birthday. So it was wonderful this year um, that we could be together on Mother's Day. It's very special to me. So I want to say thank you. You're an amazing woman. And I want to be like you when I grow up. Can I encourage also us as ladies, us as women, I say it all the time, God does everything through relationship. Everything through relationship. And as women, we are the ambassadors, the heart 
of re many relationships in our lives. You know, my Situ, my grandmother, the matriarch of our family, you know, she was the glue that hold everybody together. You know, everybody would be at Situ's house and everybody would go and they would be there to celebrate the meal. And everybody was there because if you weren't there, you were going to get in trouble from Situ. Like, you better be there. And, you know, when she passed away, everybody just kind of spread out and did their own thing. And there has to be intentionality. There has to be purpose. And when, as mothers, as women, we call everybody together to the table and we bring nurture, we bring love. And in many of our relationships with other women, that we bring strength and dignity. I mean, I know Pastor RJ said, you know, um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she did, she had it, she had it hard <laughs> raising God. But I do know that in this time, in this season of life, it is really hard to raise children. And there's a lot of times where you, you know your heart and you're seeking God to make the right decisions for those young lives and those little lives. And sometimes you make mistakes. And as moms, it's so important that we cover each other with dignity. That we cover each other and that we don't mom shame. And that we say to each other, you know what, We're, you're not perfect, but I know that your intention was to be a blessing to your child. We all fall short, we all make mistakes. So can we come alongside each other with love and say, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. His mercies are new every morning and help each other, be there for each other, encourage each other, give support to other mothers and be there for each other. And we offer that strength to them when we know that they're having a difficult time. Like I have a good friend of mine who's a single mom and I'm, I'm continually marveled at the incredible ability that she has to, and the grace that God has given her to do what she does. And whenever I can, as often as I can, I'm like, can I help you? What can I do for you? Like I'm, I'm marveled at what she does and the attitude at which she does it with. And I try my best to help her. But you know, if we surround ourselves as women with a community of women, the burden isn't on one woman to take care of one woman. If we take care of each other as a community of women, then we come together and we draw everybody to the table in relationship and we take care of each other and that's doing life together. And I'm so honored in this church to be able to do life with all of you women and rub shoulder to shoulder with you and be a support whenever I can. And that we in turn do the same for the women and the young women who are watching us. They're watching us and how we do life together and how we have relationship with one another. And are we building up each other? Are we tearing each other down? Are we gossiping about each other? Or are we building each other up and incurring each other? Are we sitting down and crying with each other when it's, when it's good? Sometimes a good cry with a girlfriend is just so good. It's therapeutic. And you, and you hug and you pray together and you just, you just know like, okay, God, you got this. And thank you for sending me this gift, this other woman who is my friend, who I know I can give them my heart 
and they protect it and they guard it and they love me and they accept me, but they challenge me. Iron that sharpens iron to become the best woman, the best person that God has called me to be and I in turn can do that for them, amen? So today, Lord Jesus, I thank you that when we receive the cup today, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the sacrifice that he poured out for us. Lord God, thank you that you have not left us orphanless. You're here with us, you love us, you lead us, you guide us. And Father, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit, who is that demonstration of so much of your maternal love for us, that you have the care for us. You are our advocate, you are our source of comfort, Lord, when we need it through your Holy Spirit, who are our, is our ever-present help in our time of need. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for what you do, for all that you do. And thank you that your timing is so perfect in our lives, in everything. I ask today and I lift up anyone today, any mother, any woman, any young person, any young lady that is having a hard day today. Lord, I ask you to be close to them. Be so close to them, hold their heart today. I even thank you for a divine connection and a divine appointment, Lord God, in their life and for quick obedience of your believers who are around them and with them and near them that they're able to be your arms to give them a hug, your feet to run over to them to give them a smile and an encouraging word that they're not alone and it's a safe place and you are with them and you're looking after them and you see them right where they're at in the place that they're at, in the moment they're at and in the struggle, Lord God, and you recognize it and you see it. And you, you are the one who brings healing and hope. And I thank you for the honor and the privilege that you do it through us. You bring healing and hope through your people. Thank you, Father, that we have the opportunity to be the hands and the feet in this world for you, Lord God, to bring glory and honor to you as the body of Christ and the bride of Christ in Jesus' name. We compel you to be the church and that you walk in ways that will draw people, that you'll actually compel people to come into this unity that we are sharing here today. And we declare that in the name of the King of glory, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Messiah. You're dismissed. Traveling these wide roads for so long, my heart's been far from you ten thousand 
Miles gone. Oh, I want to come near and give every part of me. But there's blood on my hands. And my lips are unclean. In my darkness, I remember Mama's words reoccur to me. Surrender to the good Lord. And to wipe your slate clean. Take me to your river. I wanna go. Oh, take me to your river. My sins flow down the Jordan. Oh, I want to come here and give every part of me. But there's blood on my hands, and my lips are unclean. Take me to your river. 